what's good, people? What's happening out there? All the sexy people out there in the podcast world. It's another episode <laughs> of Red and Stone. Here to bring you good vibes, good vibration, and good opinions. Ashe, sisters. Ashe. Got that quiet storm. <laughs> that quiet storm that going quiet on. quiet storm. That's what you're all going to go back to. <laughs> <laughs> I used to hate the quiet storm. Yeah. yeah I had no girl. Yeah, no. Nah. I just wanted to listen to hip hop. Yeah, and so same thing here. And enough where I thought I would get laid listening to Raucous. Like, of course she's gonna love this beat minor CD. This is this is this is what's popping. Like, it's like it's like nine ten p.m. You want to get like lit, you yeah, know? No. no, quiet storm. Uh, the slick Rick tape will come out there. Yeah, I'll get her. The kid, the kids don't know anything about that. Yeah, no, no, no. Google it. Uh, but what's good, people out there? We're, we're back for review. Of the greatest album of all time. What? It sounds like it, it costs, I, I, from, uh, the rumor is about $100 billion <laughs> <laughs> to put together the greatest record release of 2018. What? Strictly based off <laughs> features. <Scott> Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> he had a baby for this record, man. <laughs> what are the metrics here? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, the big, the big rollout, which is kind of ironic because... It's been a weird summer for big rollouts, but this feels like one of the biggest. But you know, Kanye tantrums aside, yeah, yeah, because you had all those things popping up in LA, all the inflatable Travis Scott heads, and all these weird magazine features. Like maybe this is the kind of thing we would have gotten if if Scorpion didn't devolve into a Maury Povich whose baby is this episode. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was definitely like a, more of a traditional album rollout, you know, uh, a la two thousand five. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't a surprise album that just popped up, you yeah. know. Yeah, had like the like the private jet with the Astro World logo, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Apparently, they closed down a um, um, Six Flags to have the party. Yeah, it's yeah. Just like like this is yeah, this is like peak hip hop era rollout. <laughs> Back when the, <laughs> before streamings ruined all our dollars, I <laughs> could go out there and flex on the private jet. <laughs> go back to the old days. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on this project? I mean, it's, it, but going back to your whole point, it is pretty funny because even like you have your old school David LaChapelle photo, like this is how yeah, 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 everything yeah. is a lot of money put behind it, a lot of everything. I mean, I guess the proof is in the product. I mean, no matter how you feel about Travis Scott, I don't think you listen to this and sound, and think it sounds, you know, underdeveloped. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, no. It's, it, this is this is it's 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 beautifully mastered. Everything hits. You know, it's it's a great sounding album. It's a great sounding hip hop album, which is kind of you know even now a little rarity. Where if you have all the SoundCloud kids just putting up whatever unmastered nonsense they have up there, you yeah, know, and then you know end up getting billion dollar streams out of it. But um, definitely one of the best. I, I think it's I think beat wise, it's it's unparalleled for this year. Yeah, I don't think anything comes close. I, I feel like there's a comparison I want to make, which I've read about, but even before I was thinking about it, there's a comparison to be made towards ASAP Rocky's record. Mm -hmm. As far as the way you have a lot of these weird beat switches and symbols kind of falling awkwardly and fall out, and I guess it's a weird interpretation of hip-hop psychedelic. Yeah. So you really can't have crazy guitar solos and tambourines, per se, but it's a lot easier to kind of just have on the basic production where, because you know, if, if you've got those hi-hats going, you know, you could do whatever the fuck you want as long as you keep it around the same BPM. Yeah. So it's kind of blend in and blend out. So I think it's a great example of that. It almost feels very much like even even before ASAP Rocky Pablo. Yeah. 
Yeah. Where Kanye West was kind of having these little things where, you know, you had the, you know, designer song right there with him singing on top of it for fitting it to another song for two minute song here and everything else. So it's, it's kind of cool as far as an, as far as a musical piece of music is great. I thought the features are all great across the board for the most part. Um, even the Kid Cudi hums, <laughs> which probably cost him like, you know, half a million dollars to get those hums, but that was, that was clutch. You know, and it's something where it's, I felt like it was just a really massive sounding album. Now, the question is, is it the deep sounding album? I don't know about that. No. But going back to your point about the car test, I was in Cali, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Top down, my blonde hair waving in the wind. <laughs> and I was bumping this thing, you know, all fucking weekend. And it was great. It was beautiful. So I, as far as that's concerned, I think it hit its mark. Um, the only thing I find interesting is apparently there was a there was an interview with um, one of his producers. I guess I don't know who is his. I guess one of his main collaborators slash producers. Mm-hmm. And he was saying how the re- the big reason behind his album existing is the fact that he felt like he got snubbed for Birds in the Trap. Mm. So he kind of wanted to go for you know the most artistic thing he possibly can, which in hip hop 2018. You just throw Stevie Wonder money to go play harmonica on top of your shit. <laughs> so I'm not mad at that per se. So you can kind of see him trying his hardest. Yeah. But I felt like what was kind of weird is the fact that he's trying his hardest as far as the quality is concerned. But as far as a rapper, he still has no identity whatsoever. No. Yeah. No. I mean, there's there's one track on here. I, and I forgot the track name, but like, he sounded like Kanye. Oh yeah, know? no, I heard that track yeah. enough where. Yeah. I, so I, I had to it. do a double take. Yeah, no, I had to do a double take. And I even looked on the credits to confirm it wasn't Kanye. Because yeah. even the bad bars, because it, it wasn't like a great verse. It was even awful in the way the yeah. Kanye verse 2018 can only be. Yeah. Yeah, so it's something where he's got, no, the only thing he's got is his ad libs. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the only discernible which, thing about Travis Scott. Which was way, there were way too many ad libs. Oh, yeah. Way too, like, like, I was listening to the ad libs, I'm just like, this needs to die right now. <laughs> like, like it's on almost every song, and it's like, yeah, it, it needs to die. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I, I think like this album, you could tell like there's work put into this album, which I think, again, like, like it's really good to to hear that in in 2018 because I, I do feel like the major album releases. They felt like rushed. Yeah, you know, like literally. Well, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, in, in with the good exception, music, good music's case, literally rushed. Yeah, yeah, like with the exception of like you know maybe half of Scorpion. Mm. You know, like I, I feel like everything else that's popped up has just literally just been you know I wouldn't say half ass, but you can tell like there wasn't quality and in, in care. <laughs> yeah, and to the production. Um, and you could, you could tell, uh, you know, Travis Scott, like, really cares about production. You know, he is a producer. So, like, he cares about the production value. He cares about kind of the narrative value sometimes. Um, you know, he cares about kind of, like, creating these, these like, kind of cohesive works. Um, yeah, so the production, I think, was fire. Um, you know, the collaborations are fire. Uh, you know, I mean, Stop Trying to Be Guys, it's a dope track. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, it's got your, your boy James Blake on there. <laughs> and Stevie Wonder, you know, yeah. it's like... It, 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 and, and, and Kid Cudi's Hums. Don't disparage oh, yeah, the Kid Cudi's Hums. <laughs> <laughs> that cost him 500k for those that's Hums. A, like a, that's a $2 million track right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, like, so you have tracks like that that are just like really lush and really kind of almost orchestral. Um, but yeah, like everything is kind of let down by the rapping. 
Yeah, and it's weird. Everything's let let down by the rapping. And and then he and then the thing is production wise, there's some inspired choices. Like I love how like you'd have like whenever he references something, like a biggie line, give me the loot will come in there. Or, yeah. or or when you mentioned Luke and he had a little don't stop get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and like or tear the club up with three six mafia. So he he's got all these great references there, but he just can't make it he doesn't have his own great reference. Yeah. And, so, yeah. So it's weird. So you have the goodie mob where what was it again? Um I think it's five percent tense. When yeah. you use um cell therapy, goodie goodie mob, like a hip hop classic. So you expect that to be kind of really dope and really hitting, except he kind of comes up there and just does a, a right rap job. Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I think like one of the things about this album, um, and I think maybe about Travis Scott, and this is probably like why I'm so like wishy washy on him. I really don't know anything about him. You know, like he, he's he's really not like showing me kind of like I feel like he has a lot to say. He has a lot to talk about, but he didn't talk about anything on this album. Yeah, no, it's it's something, and it's weird because he kind of makes a, a couple of allusions. This dude is basically the baby father to like to the Kardashian empire. To like, mean, he, he's <laughs> like he's a baby father, to, father to royalty. Yeah, to, basically, to billionaire to a billionaire royalty, and it's <laughs> and it's a lot of crazy things where and like going back to the whole point where the guy was saying how the producer was saying how part of it was because he felt snubbed artistically. At least if you had something like that, where it's like, oh, they're sleeping on me. You know, some kind of underdog thing, like Wale type stuff. Yeah, yeah. You don't even really get that. He's just kind of a total blank slate. Yeah. And it's it's weird, too, because he, I mean, it's basically just a trap album. I'm like, but you are, a, you, you're, you're hiding a child. <laughs> <laughs> you are hiding a child. I mean, you know, it's like, he doesn't really talk about, like, fatherhood or talk about, like, you know, like, being in the Kardashian. Like, what is, like, that like, you know? Yeah, no, agree. And I think, like, Kanye, his, his like, you know, He's he's addressed that in his raps, and he's he still made it you know pop. Yeah, and I think Travis could do that, but I, I think like I said, like Travis to me is just like there's so much unknown about him that I think like I always lose that connection to him in terms of like as an artist. Yeah, you know, um, but yeah, I, 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 you know, I, <laughs> I don't want to go back to rodeo because. No, go back, but that's you know, that's his that's his that's I his mean, I, I, currently. I, I, li- I listen back to back with Rodeo, and again, Rodeo is a, is the better album. Uh, this is better than, than than Birds in the Trap singing Night, like you know. Um, but I, I thought that Trap, I mean, Rodeo had like hits, like it had cohesiveness, it, had, it was telling stories, and I feel like there's a little bit that was lost here, and I think it's 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 reflective of where we are. You know, even in three years, you know, like now we just have a bunch of ad libs. We have a, you know, a bunch of sex raps. <laughs> oh, god awful sex raps. Oh. You know, and I'm just kind of, it's, it's, it's interesting to kind of see, you know, just with those two albums in his career, like where music has gone <laughs> <laughs> in 2018. <laughs> One quick side point I realized I remember when I was younger, they used to listen to sex raps, and I used to be like, oh, wait till, you know, it's going to be great. Wow, I feel if if you're like a little twelve year old, thirteen year old kid listening to this about sex for the first time to a rap song, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> it sounds god awful, god awful. Oh, oh, oh. But um, but no. And then what's weird is going back to the point like you said about it being cohesive. It's weird because it's cohesive, but cohesive almost in a producer slash DJ kind of mind. 
where you've got your songs where it's like, here's a Sway Lee song that goes into a Sway Lee hook for another song that goes into a weekend song yeah. that goes, you know, so you almost have like a weird R&B section. You have all yeah. these things. So it, it makes sense if you're a DJ. It makes sense if you're a producer. But as far as a concept on the album, there isn't any. The raps are completely... You could take any of those raps and interchange them, and yeah. it would make no difference to the album whatsoever. It yeah. could go, yeah. you know, this this rap goes to this song, whatever, whatever. And then, so it's weird to have it being so... For such an artist statement, Yeah, this goes more of how he's great, a great tastemaker. I, I would make the argument at a Kanye level. Yeah. But yeah. he's nowhere near the artist Kanye is as far as just... You know, just writing raps and just having stories and something to sell. Yeah, no, like, yeah, yeah. He's definitely lacking that. Yeah, it's something where, like, I think, it, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe he just, as far as a commercial, like somebody who knows, like, as far as an A and R, as funny, somebody who's got like a commercial mainstream mindset. I don't think there's anybody better than him. Like, I, I thought that um on Rihanna, the Woo, that that one song, oh, yeah, like he's yeah, yeah. he's got some great songs, even tangentially that he's involved with. So he's got a fantastic ear. It's just weird to kind of hear that from an artist. That's kind of saying nothing. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. Because, you know, again, this is a ride around album. I don't necessarily need to hear higher esoteric things from a dude playing songs that the only thing I want to get out of it is a couple of head nods, yeah. a hook, and the field bass, you know, when yeah. I sit in LA traffic. But at the same time, it's something where there's a missed opportunity there where something like Drake, where even in his own weird Drake, you know, I'm above you all, there was a lot of things that are relatable in, in, in Drake's music where yeah. you'll never have, you know, You'll never have that same kind of relatability with Travis, even though at this stage of their careers, Drake has definitely earned the right to be, you know, totally vapping and all about the party because yeah. that's where he's at. He's at that level of pop stardom where, you yeah. know, Drake probably sneezes and loses enough money than I've ever made in my life. <laughs> Travis Scott is not there yet, but it's weird because he's also younger. And if you've, it's just weird to hear an artist because by the definition, artist saying something. Yeah. So it's weird to, to hear or just to witness a successful artist who has absolutely nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's that's kind of where we are now. I mean, it's it's it's, it's not surprising. I think, unfortunately, I feel I feel like Travis understands that. Like he, that's where where we have all the ad libs and we have all this. Like, I think he understands kind of this is what makes music in 2018. So that's why I differ from. You know, the template. But it's so weird because, you know? and the thing is, it's not even about it. I just want a theme. Like, going back to Ray Shmur, 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 like, they aren't any deep MCs by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But they're focused on this, this unbridled party and joy that's something where it makes a fun song. I don't yeah. even get that out of Travis. Like, he yeah. doesn't even give me that. Like, it's, it's not that weird, like, you know, somebody, like, we're not going to make the argument that, like, you know, suddenly Miley, Miley Ray Cyrus is this higher thinker but at least there's you know in her songs this song's about you know having fun yeah. this song's about a breakup this song's just give me something along those lines like I can't even even in the themes that he's got like I don't even get a coherence of like a stop trying to be God like what's his theme behind that song yeah 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 <laughs> like he's yeah. got a great hook yeah. it, it feels like it should be a great meeting you know what I'm saying yeah. but there's nothing there that kind of sticks to you where it's like is this about somebody who's you know trying too hard yeah. is it him trying to swag is it I have no idea what that song's about great song though yeah I mean mm. I think it, it, it's supposed to be it's kind of like be humble mm. you know um, which again like I, I think something like humble <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to compare the two it's kind of well, like a bit more defined in, in the way that it presents it, in the way like the, the it, it tells that story. Whereas, 
Yeah, I think Travis is still trying to find that. Like, and I, it's like I, I struggle with the fact, like, if he even wants to be that. I think he, I think he's fine being who he is, which is a trap rapper. But, but you know, but maybe maybe he's because. But the thing is, even by being a trap rapper, like you know, like a, Gucci Mane. I love Gucci Mane. Love him. And even now in his current run. Now that he's um, basically straight edge, he kind of th- lose a lot towards addiction and, and sobriety. Yeah. But even in his old stuff, he basically had like literally, I think it's this one, two, two topics tops. Yeah. It, it had it was it was money, <laughs> <laughs> dealing drugs, and then women were there, but only incidentally because they were involved with money and dealing drugs. So those yeah. are really only two topics. And the thing is, at least those are strong topics. Same way with like let's say a push a T. You know, all about drug dealing. That's a strong topic. Yeah. I don't even know what Travis, I mean, he there's a couple of sex raps there. Maybe somewhere he goes on a trip. I know he mentions, like, you know, his, his baby mama, like, she, he, he's got a bad girl on his arm. Like, you know, there's nothing really, I just want something. And that's, no, and that's what's you. weird. And, and it's almost like, he's almost a weird how, the same way how you kind of, we, we used to accuse, particularly, let's say, of Beyonce of years ago. Like before the fifth album, Beyonce, and later on Lemonade, how she was a vapid pop star. Yeah. Like she's got all these songs. She's got all these songs that are great songs, but what's the real Beyonce? And it's yeah. only when she started talking about her relationship and drunken love and you know, having sex in limousines and all this stuff, you started feeling like a real side. It's almost like Travis is smart enough. Or it's actually, it's smart enough. But it's, it's just weird to have somebody where it's just way too guarded, where it reminds me of, let's say, rappers of back in the days of where... Not, I won't say they work for this vulnerability, but is this to me? It's really hard to be a rapper to write all these lyrics, yeah, and have these lyrics be so not about you enough where you make it wonder if it's calculated, yeah. Like maybe the real because you know the whole idea behind Travis apparently he's not necessarily from the streets. Like he's somebody who who came from <laughs> relatively well-to-do family, which would have been. And the thing is, there's oh, nothing no, wrong with that. Which is funny. I have info on Travis, yeah. which I will not. Do devolve on yeah. this podcast <laughs> yeah but like you know like, like, and there's nothing wrong with that because yeah, yeah, you've got yeah, yeah. some like like even a donald glover where he made it up you know in his earlier raps he's very much like you know intentionally awkward yeah, yeah. it's just weird to kind of have somebody where like it makes you think it's calculated whereas it's like you know like literally he sits down there and it's like all right i'm gonna write these you know these these eight bars to come in after this drake verse yeah yeah, yeah. only to you know to make the song complete not to actually say anything yeah yeah, yeah. You know what's so funny though about the when you say the Drake verse, that's probably going to be like one of the number one, like maybe the number one song in the country. <sighs> and it's Drake again. <sighs> but it's but, it, but what I hate about it is that you have that great song, great song for a minute, and then it, it's gone in the ether. <laughs> like it's just I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding! Like Drake <laughs> is gonna have another another number one. <laughs> <laughs> he literally just like woke up and like mailed in that verse. That's, that's the that's the that's the life of Drake, though. <laughs> like, this things come. He recorded the verse on his iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> the voice recorder app and like press in. Yeah, in, in the middle of probably in the bathroom taking the shit. Like, all right, I can knock this both out. These walls are soundproof. <laughs> and he has the number one song in the country. <laughs> but that said, I, I don't want to go too hard on it because it's still a great album. Like, it's still, no. like, if I had to put out the top 10 albums of the year, Travis would definitely, like, right now, I think would make the cut. He might make it at 9 or 10, but he'd make it because... Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's there. Yeah, it's something, it's, it's cool hearing it. I feel like the only one who is really kind of focused on, obviously, Kanye West would be one, where this maximalist albums. But so was Rick Ross, too, where you'd have these 
these, and obviously his was a little more steeped into like classic soul samples, but like horns come in and violins yeah. and like it's you know this 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 premium like you got to be in the Maybach, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Drive not to Miami, <laughs> put the top down, you know, get in the proper zone, just drive slowly around, let the sounds hit you, you know what I'm saying? Those both you know ten inch tweeters come at you from both sides of the car. And I feel like it's something where it's cool to hear somebody crafting something like this. I yeah. think it's great. I think Mike Dean, who apparently was like the overseer of all the sounds, did a fantastic job. Oh yeah. Um. So like, I definitely think everybody should go out there, listen to it, and give it a give it a great listen. And and, and I think appreciate the art that's there. The only thing is like, there's a missed opportunity because going back to your point of rodeo, where I feel like if he just showed a little bit more of himself, yeah. this could have been because. The songs are there. The yeah. hooks are there. You got motherfucking Stevie Wonder playing harmonica, not even seeing a hook. Yeah. That tells you how much musicality. You already got it. We All you need him to come in there is do a little fucking harmonica solo. Yeah. The songs are there. The basics are there. It's just that, you know, I wish it didn't sound like just basic reference tracks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Uh, cool. And on that note. I don't know. No, I mean, like, well, let's go. Let's go to the reason why Travis Scott. Is playing it safe. Oh, uh, because <laughs> artists only get what, like 12%? 12%. City Group. Shout <laughs> out to the bankers out there. <laughs> Apparently, they got a couple of interns, or probably, you know, a couple of bankers are paying, you know, 200 grand a year to go do a survey and to kind of study this whole music industry problem from beginning to end. In their report, they figured out that if you're an actual music artist of that huge multi billion dollar pie, you guys only get a measly 12%. You know what I'm saying? Get your little, you know, you could survive. You might you have to live with your parents still. You know, you might have to get a little dollar meals out there, here and there, you know? <laughs> you know, you'll be able to live, basically. Healthcare, forget about it. <laughs> but, like, but the 12% is not even from streaming. It's from touring, mostly. Yes. So, like, it's, yeah. it's, it's mostly from, you know, touring and merchandise and things. It's not even from streaming. Yes, agreed. Yeah, yeah. So, just, just a... <laughs> A caveat to that. <laughs> it's even worse. It's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think it, it kind of sucks. I, I mean, that which sounds like, duh. But I think the... the and, and, I, and I remember, I think it was an article I read where they tried to reframe it, where I, I laughed, where they were like, well, you know, now that we know it's messed up and, you know, streaming is relatively new, um, as deals go on, they'll negotiate it and it'll become more fair. And I started laughing because I was like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. When has the music industry ever been fucking fair ever yeah. to anybody? It, it, yeah, it, it, it's it's so crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am, I'm really curious, and I don't know if they mentioned this in the article, because uh, I don't read the articles. We don't um, read out here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we don't read out here. You know what I'm saying? We're on that R. Kelly. <laughs> But womp womp. Um, but I'm curious to see how that 12 percent compares to, say, the pre-streaming era, because artists were still getting screw, uh, screwed over. Oh yeah, of course. All the, <laughs> in the, the CD era, of course. The whole, the whole. I so, feel like the whole goal was when you're in the CD era is like you know you get you big pennies. Yeah. You know you become a huge star and hopefully you'd be like I'm walking and now they'll yeah. renegotiate. But so yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm curious to see if this is like better, worse. <laughs> about the same like nothing's <laughs> changed like that to me i think it, it would be very interesting to to kind of see because it might not be streaming that's the culprit it's just the industry true <laughs> at yeah. the end of the day and that's not, not trying to like you know like step up for streaming but it's just like i i'm curious to see like exactly like where this like if this is something that's always persisted or is this something that's like brand new you know, um, you know, because when you look at artists like TLC and you know 
they weren't making like they signed shitty contracts and they weren't making any money off of their <laughs> you know like they're selling million you know millions of cds <laughs> hard plastic currency hard plastic currency 10 15 dollars <laughs> and 99 a pop <laughs> so you know like like <laughs> yeah and what's what saddens me too it's like when when somebody says it's like oh the contracts are so and so it's just it's it's sad that we're still kind of having seeing artists fall into these same traps. Yes. You know, um, and maybe it, signing some of these contracts that are shitty. Yeah, no, and it sucks. You know? And it's enough where, and it, what's interesting about it is that it's gotten such a bad rep that you've got a lot of artists out there secretly signed. Oh, yeah. So that's, so that's, so, so think about it. We've got a business model so infamously like shitty that you, have to hide the fact that it's there in the background for your artist. Yeah. Because you know there's a negative connotation to it. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy. And on top of the fact of where, like you said, they've always been doing this. It's always been a thing of where, you know, it's it's been two things. It's been like, we'll give X amount of money to all these artists and then the one mega artist will, 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 will pay for my salary, my bonus, my cocaine, and cover all the other misses that we've had. And it's kind of unfortunate because I think particularly now in streaming where everything is a little flatter, where obviously you're gonna, oh, you're always gonna have your Drake that's gonna come out there and do bazillion streams. Yeah. But at the same time, you've got a point where like '90s R&B, like I I know for a fact '90s R&B just because of the how, as popular as it is now has to get a good amount of streams in 2018. Yeah. You know more so than let's say you know in the '80s. You know, we probably were a little bit too hoppy to pay attention to what was happening in the seventies outside of samples. Yeah. But now, since streaming is flat and music doesn't really die, you've got a lot, a lot of legacy acts that are able to go out there and tour yeah. and make money because not only are their parents buying, the kids are because for them, music is all it's all new. It's just yeah. like I put the algorithm in, suddenly, bam! This song by this who is this group called called Odyssey? Odyssey? <laughs> they sound pretty cool, you know. And you've got these things where you're able to kind of go out there and just be you know, tour and make money even though you may be past your prime because music is always new. There's always a new kid discovering new shit because it's all free. You don't have to go buy a CD and yeah. talk to somebody shady. It's It pops up there automatically. So it's kind of unfortunate where in this era where you, there should be more money given out, arguably, yeah. because of that fact, it's, it's as tight as ever it was. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny too because there's no manufacturing costs. Yeah, none, <laughs> none. It's Amazon Cloud. Yeah, it, you know what I'm saying. It, it's 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 crazy that they're, they're, we're like we're still struggling for money. Yeah, you know, and and, and yeah, I, I I don't really know kind of what solutions are. I mean, is it? I you know, this article talks about revenue sharing. You know, obviously, it'd be great if we had deals that are fifty fifty. You know, like the artist takes fifty percent, the label takes fifty percent, and like we all walk home happy, like at the minimum. You know, like I maybe it's a seventy thirty. The artist takes seventy, and the label takes thirty. You know, like I, I don't know, like because it seems like the problem for a lot of these artists is at the label level. But then there's another problem if you're independent, you you don't get enough streams to just you know, like you get a fraction of a penny. Yeah, so like you're screwed either way. <laughs> either way, but I, I think it know? goes back to I think it's I I know what the solution would be I don't think we ever have the solution I think it has to get rid of the record labels and go straight to the streaming services I think it's I think if and like it'll never happen but I think the easiest thing would be like you know how we discussed before how, like Drake and Apple where if Apple was just like Drake here's X amount of money 
and for every stream you'll get, you get X amount of money more. Yeah, period. yeah, and, and I, I think that um, you know, streaming services have kind they're they're experimenting with it. I, I, Spotify is actually experimenting with something where they're giving you know kind of like label advances and things like that, um, and Apple's done it too. And basically, the large labels that the three of them that control like ninety percent of the music, <laughs> pretty much like ninety nine point nine percent of the music that people hear, you know, will say, "Well, look, if you're competing with us, we'll pull our music from the platform," you know. Which, which I think Spotify can counter and say, "Okay, great. Well, where are they going to go?" Yeah, <laughs> the Universal Music <laughs> app. <laughs> you're gonna go out there this. this. <laughs> Do I need like a universal app, a warrant music app? <laughs> <laughs> so I think Sony music. Yeah, Sony app. had one. I remember they trying to push a little bit. Oh, I remember like, all those. Uh... Like you know, like yeah. So I mean, Spotify can counter and say that, but yeah, I, I, I think it'd be kind of interesting to see, you know, if there's a business model in you know, you know, just like these streaming services like going straight to artists, you know. Um, I think it worked out for Apple, you know, like Drake pretty much made Apple music, you know, you know, Apple paid Drake $40 million, but I mean, Drake continuously like breaks streaming records. <laughs> he breaks and he, and even you know? his radio show, I feel like it's the only radio show where a lot of those artists had premium radio shows and disappeared. Yeah. Even though he wasn't necessarily hosting it all the time, he gave it to a lot of other people who are OVO affiliated. They will still break records. It's still like, breaking records. Yeah. yeah. Like every like you know, let's say month or two, suddenly I would hear about a new record that came out, and it was from the OVO radio stream. So he's also kind of putting that out there too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I it's always it's kind of bugged me, you know. But I also think that streaming is here to stay. Oh, you know, and, and that's so, a sad thing. Or is this like, and because and, even the artists themselves would admit, like, but I like streaming. Like, you know, it's, I, I get no penny, but I can't be like, I can't throw stones because I'm in the same glass house. I I have my Aretha Franklin stuff on MP3. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and it just sucks where it, you just want, and you know what it is too? Because money's being made. That's the kicker. If, it, if the bottom fell out like the way it was, let's say, five, 10 years ago, where it was really horrible, but streaming stepped up in a big way and money's there. It is crazy for it to be locked up and back in the corporation's pockets. That of the who've just basically done nothing to kind of really do anything. This I think this year or last like it will be basically the most money, the most revenue generated in the music industry. Yeah, I see ever, and <laughs> there's no excuse. Yeah, you know, it's... like five. Yeah, yeah, like like you said, like five, five, maybe ten years ago, they'd be like, oh, like the internet's killing us. Yeah. There's no excuse. There's yeah, no, no excuse. Yeah. And and the thing is, is now it's and 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 they it's something where I think I think you're gonna have to I think music has to look in the bigger picture. Where right now, even though you know music is my favorite artistic genre, that's why I talk about it and I love it and it's comforting. There's still other things happening and it's things other things are competing with. So the idea of where like you know if you have your artists and they can't support themselves to make music. Then you've got an issue where you're running out of content. Yeah. And there's bigger pictures because now you've got, like, perfect example would be like, um, you've got your Live Nations, whereas even um, as far as live venues are concerned, you've got a lot of consolidation there. Where, like, if you show up in a big market like New York City and you're X amount of acts, like, let's say you're a big independent artist, show up to New York City and you want to play and you've, and you've got a good amount of following where you might be able to play a mid tier place, let's say a thousand people. 
now you're forced to deal with these big corporate entities who are just like, well, you know, who are you? I don't know who you are. Yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Where if you're signed to a Sony or to a Universal, that's no brainer. Those paperwork, that, those, that, that back end deal was signed years ago. But as a new dude, it's like, who the fuck are you? Even yeah. though you've got X amount of following, why should we book you here when, you know, we've got a Sony artist that wants the same exact space? So it's weird where, it, but at the same time, you need those people because when you start losing the content, all those big spaces and they start losing talent and it's X amount of talent and you're fighting over talent, you're not going to be having a consistent constant revenue. Yeah. You're not going to be able to license all those shows. That we're quirky indie rock band from Brooklyn 15 years ago that makes that jingle that goes into a car commercial. They're not there anymore. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, everything starts to kind of switch and kind of fluctuate. You really can't have, you really have to kind of support the arts on the very basic, like, you know, a couple of people, instruments, singers, beat makers in the room because long term it's bad because at the same time you've got other shit, man. You know what I'm saying? You've got, I've got, I've got Red Dead Redemption coming out, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming out in about a month or two. Fuck music for a whole month. You know what I'm saying? No, I feel you. You got Mission Impossible. You know what I'm saying? All you need is that fucking theme that was paid off <laughs> 20 years ago. Da-da-da-da. <laughs> and that's it. Like, you know, it's, it's a competing of other art forms. Live music is competing of other art forms. Streaming is competing of other things. Because we're all paying for their streaming. You know, I don't know if it's between $10 for the Spotify, $10 for Netflix, I don't know who's going to win. I might Bro, have to let it I sit mean, there, you know? Yeah, it's just me. I mean, we're competing with, like, the fucking Kiki Challenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to listen to Regent Stone. I'm going to watch Kiki Challenge it's, videos. Exactly. Come on, man. <laughs> and it's so it's weird where you've got to, the idea of that we're all, this, this guap is coming in, and we're all out here doing fucking lines of fucking fentanyl, and it's all fucking popping, and it's great old days. It's great, but at the end of the day, you have to have these young artists. You need young artists. You need to have music be somewhat of a viable career. Yeah. Because without these creatives, Lord knows Leor Korn's never wrote written a rap lyric <laughs> a simple beat in his fucking life. So unless he's about to go into the booth now in his fucking sixties, he's gonna have a fucking problem down the line. You know what? He he's got stories. <laughs> I would buy a rap album from Leo Corey. Like, <laughs> that dude's got stories. I believe it too. If you know how many bodies he's got to have. Like, oh, God. Oh, oh. Like, oh, dude. That would be the best rap album of 2018. Oh, oh nah. Come on, man. Oh, come on. <laughs> Absolutely. First thing in the 80s, you know what I'm saying? I guarantee he's got some Russian connects. Oh, uh, all oh, those dead bodies. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. what he looks, dude. He looks like he's. I know. He looks like it's, it's bad. He looks like he was born a bouncer, basically. <laughs> like I don't he's, know how he ended up in the fucking like executive boardroom. Seven foot five. Oh, that dude. He's tall as I'm, hell. Dude, I used to get thrown out by that dude every fucking weekend in college. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, he would come and just pick me up by my neck and throw my ass out. Not fucking six foot two. Crazy. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm hoping they fix this. I'm hoping that, you know, even though, like I said, I read an article and they kind of gave a rosy, like, well, you know, once the streaming settles down and everything else, they'll, they'll renegotiate these deals. Even though it's a very rosy picture of what the reality will most likely be, I'm hoping that's the way it'll actually be because I think it'll help everybody. I think as well, if everybody eats, we're all doing good. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Uh, cool. So uh, what are you listening to? What am I listening to? I'm listening to, again, you see, I don't support... The capitalistic music system. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ironically enough, the music I've been listening to was influenced by, guess what? A TV show. You know what I'm saying? None of that Apple Music fucking recommendation, none of that Spotify shit. A motherfucking TV show was like, oh, this shit's kind of hot. And I was like, I'll, let me listen to it. So um, 
Long story short, is a TV show that's pretty popular. Um, Killing Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've been kind of listening to that, and long to get cut to the long end and short of it. It's a it's a it's a noir type spy movie, a little bit of a dark comedy movie um, TV show on BBC America, and as a result, it takes place in Europe. So a lot of the soundtrack tends to be in a lot in Paris in particular. So a lot of the soundtrack tends to be very almost Parisian pop music of the past and of things that now that sound kind of Parisian pop influenced. Yeah. But so to to juxtapose all those choices though, they continuously continuously go to one band in particular, a band called Unloved. Mm-hmm. So they were for, the band was formed about three or four years ago by Basky to you know how it is. When you're a young Indian musician, you have your all your bands, and after a while, you yeah. kind of settle into a profession where you can use your musical talents. So basically, it's two, two guys who do a lot of like TV, movie, scoring, production, things like that. And so they started the band of a singer who's got a very sultry voice. Yeah. So they do a lot of 60s, like Nate Sinatra, but also mixed with Portishead, and it's, it's, it's really kind of moody music, basically. So I've listened to a lot of that. It's, it's, it's very dope, very moody. It's something where it kind of sets a mood, where it's kind of, I guess, in a weird way, ironic because, uh, you know, right now we think of music as being very kind of processed and to the point and everything else. Like a lot of their stuff sounds like almost soundtrack. It soundtrack because a lot of that from the debut album was, even though they were doing soundtracks, these are guys who are actual musicians. Yeah. So it's weird where a lot of the stuff they were doing, they said it's kind of weird mood, and that they were able to kind of slide it into the actual soundtrack of the TV show because it was already pre-built. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to kind of see somebody playing with atmosphere that's not just necessarily like weird noises. It is really dope, chill ass music. So a band called In Love and the Killing You soundtrack. Check it out and check out a TV show. I recommend it. Nice, nice. Uh, so I there's two artists I'll talk about. Um, one is a duo. Uh, well, I guess they were born in Nigeria. Now they live, in, I think, in L.A. called Van Jess. Van Jess. Um, so basically, I, I I got hip to them because there is a K. Trinata, uh produced track with Gold Link and Van Jess that dropped like two years ago. And the track is like fire. I think I, that was the track I played when we were doing the radio show. Um, uh, and I'm just kind of like, yo, this is this is dope. Um, so they're two sisters from like, they live in LA and basically it's just kind of like, I would say this album is not groundbreaking, but I think it's also kind of interesting to see where we're kind of like, like R and B kind of coming back to this. <laughs> <laughs> actually R and B actually being R and B for once. Yeah. Like, you know, like. So all, all these, like, I've been obsessed with the fact that our, like, all of these kids are listening to 90s R&B. And, like, I, I you know, I, I asked them, I'm like, hey, why are you listening to it? And, like, they couldn't really give me an answer. I mean, the answer is probably just because everybody's getting sick of this, like, you know. You can't, you can't make out the trap like, drums. It's really like hard. Weekend, yeah. Six Slack, Bryson Tiller-esque. It's, yeah, it's, it's hard to make out the trap drums and, trap, trap drums and uh, songs about Cody. You know, like, like, and I think people want something real. Um, so basically this is kind of their inspiration, Van Jess. It's kind of like all of the nineties R B. Um, so you kinda of get that in this album. Um, I don't think it's breaking any new ground, but it's a great listen. 
Um, you know, I like more of their kind of like four to four, four to the floor stuff, um, as opposed to more of their like traditional kind of like sung R and B ballads. Um, but you know, they also have like Masego on here, Katrina, like you said, like uh, uh, Gold Link. Um, uh, I keep forgetting how to pronounce this girl's name, like Lakali, Lakali Forty Seven. Oh, I, I darn it! I can't. I'm like a, I just call Leaky Lee, which is totally not the right person. Because Leaky Lee is this short blonde woman, and this one is a, a awesome female rapper from Brooklyn. But yes, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Leaky uh, Lie, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> And I feel bad because she's dope. Oh god, we she's have to get dope. Um, like like Kylie, like like like. All right, anyway, so um, yeah, so Little Sims is on here. So like some really great collaborations. Um, and it's just it's just a really easy listen. You know, like I don't, you know, I don't think it's like something that's super groundbreaking, but. Um, I've listened to it like maybe three times, like cover to cover. You know, I, I think it's like a it's a great like kind of like easy breezy summer album, um, and I'm 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 really kind of championing these these girls because I, I feel like they 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 are kind of occupying this '90s R&B space that these kids are listening to, and I think with the right like writing and A and R, like they could like they could pop up, you know. Like there's no pop real pop song on this album, but if like if they strike the the fire at the right moment, I think there there could be a pop song in their future, um, and they can blow up, you know. So um the album is called uh Silk Canvas. Um and yeah, like it's I, like you know I, I there's nothing more I can say about it. It's just like it's, it's it's a really easy listen. Like, and I think for me too, it's just like I'm so tired of trap music. I'm so tired of like you know like kind of these AOE drums or, or that's like dr- <laughs> drug infused music. Like you know, just give me something real. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> trap hi hats. <laughs> so um, and the other artist I, I'm listening to, it's the Return of Santi Gold. Ooh, you know. Like Santa Gold is like very dope. No, I, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, like 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 she's been off the grid. Um, her last album was 2012. Um, she had this like really crazy. Um, well, I guess she had an album in 2016 too. But like she had this really crazy run from like 2008 to 2012, where she was never popular. But if you walk into a bar in Brooklyn, you always hear a Santa Gold track yeah. playing, <laughs> or a bar in L.A. or Austin, or like like he had this like cult following. And that she, kind would, of, she would play consistently. Also, she would she had a lot of shows. Yeah, yeah, and appearances. And like she found this this like niche of like indie rock people and blipsters and Afropunks that kind of like kind of work for her. Um, and she kind of fell off the grid. I, I guess like she's been doing a lot of writing and A and Ring actually. Um, consulting for labels and stuff, so uh, she's been kind of in the background. Um, and this 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 project just like popped up um, maybe about a couple weeks ago, um, and essentially it's a dance hall album called "Run the Road." Oh, not "Run the Road." Sorry, it's called "I Don't Want the Gold Fire Sessions." <laughs> The Gold Fire Sessions. I'm like, okay. Uh, but basically, um, she connected with um, the producer, uh, dance hall producer, um, and 
it's really good. Awesome. It's you know, it's like it, it's it's basically kind of dance hall influence with like that that classic Santa Gold uh, kind of mished together. And I'm like, this is really great. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love Santa Gold just because I remember she used to be in a band called Stiff, the punk band. Yeah, yeah. And it's, what's crazy about her is the fact of. And it's weird because we respect, I feel like we respect like songwriters, singer-songwriters when they're doing like acoustic folk shit. Yeah. You know, when, but they don't realize that when you're doing like, it, it requires the same amount of talent to do it over, you know, reggae songs, over punk songs. And she's somebody who's always been a consistently great songwriter. How, yeah. like the first Rez album, the um, Golden Boys, yep. like that era, like she wrote that, a lot of that. Yeah. So it's weird where, if anything she's been consistent with is that she's been a fantastic songwriter, so I'm happy that she's still putting out stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it has like really great, I, like tracks I can see like being kind of pop, pop tracks, like Coo Coo Coo, which is actually like a kind of an anti-street harassment track. <laughs> um, like Run the Road, like, like they're actually like really great like summer pop songs. Awesome. You know, and it's, it's it, like I said, it's, it's really put together. Um, I think her last project I really like that much. I think it was like 99 Cent or whatever, um, which is okay. Like, I, I do feel like, you know, like she's been kind of like hit or miss artistically uh, a, lot, a lot of her last projects, but I, I really enjoyed this project, you know? And, and, I, and I would say less hit or miss because it's it's more like it's, 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 she just has, she has, she, she's never had a bad song. It's just no. like some of the songs are all right, some of the songs are great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but she has. I, I mean, I was. I, I'm not gonna say she had. She's not had a truly great song. She had some really great yeah. songs. But um, you know, I, I, I think you know, it kind of sucks that. I, I think she's always been in this weird middle lane, and you know, she's like too white for, <laughs> for black people too black <laughs> white people um, and she struggled with that well, uh, like you know 10 years ago when she was just coming out like she struggled with that um, and I remember she, remember she um, said that she wasn't hip hop and a lot of people in the hip hop community like like got upset <laughs> and I'm like but she's not hip hop yeah she's not like do you know who she is <laughs> you know she came from a punk band you yeah. know so um, yeah, no, it, it, it's kind of crazy to see, you know, this evolution. And I think like 2018 is like the perfect time for her to like, to, to like have a comeback. Oh yeah. Like, no. We're ready, you and, know, as, as music listeners, as, and, you know. And I think particularly the wave, I think the idea of where like a dancehall album, like, cause you know, that's supposedly the rumored, you know, Rihanna album, yep. you know, double album, one of the be dancehall. I think it's, and, and even now that going back to the whole point of where music is flatter, like. It's not weird for me to go into the establishment and hear like a whole African music play set playlist, yeah, or a reggae playlist where before I would only hear like you know your regular let's say your best case would be like R and B, old yeah. R and B. So I think it's great that the fact of where her eclecticism from back in the days is like it's her time now. And there's a lot of artists think going back to like a Khalees where yeah. I felt like before we used to kind of you know before like if you were a little bit alternative and black you were seen as kind of whack yeah but but even then i have a secret suspicion that was a lot of just also record labels and image and everything else but um i think like now it's it's, it's your time you know odd features out there dressed you know in, in golf shirts and looking all weird and going back to your word soundcloud kids and everything else where music is relatively flat you know nobody's gonna you know one of my favorite quotes was a friend of mine was talking about how uh I forget how the conversation started, but he was just like, dudes who like Kid Cudi shoot up the club now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, basically, 
back in the days where I was like, oh my God, he's wearing baggy pants and so and so and so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you have a dude come up here and, you know, splatter your brains out wearing like, you know, Supreme Nikes. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) But so that's why it's kind of weird where, so, but like to a certain extent, it's kind of great to see somebody like that still around and still making music because somebody who's been around for a minute. Yeah. And it's also kind of cool to kind of see somebody kind of competing with the younger kids and doing it at their level. Yeah. So props to her. Yeah, Yeah, definitely, definitely. Cool. 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 That's about it for the new music. That is about it. That's about it for the podcast as we go out there and try to earn a 12% busking (laughs) in the New York City subways. (laughs) As always, people, you know where to find us. (laughs) Online. Tell your mama. Tell your your friends. Your ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend. Your side piece. Your baby mama and your baby. Your guma. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're time with friends out there. <laughs> yeah, nah, you know we're out here. Look at us, comment on us, tell us what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear, and we're all ears. But for y'all who listen, thank y'all out there. See you next week. Peace. Peace.